the alley-oop Tekizah to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I can't wait to talk about day two of 49ers training camp. It was a lot of fun. I had a, a ton of fun out there. It was it was really cool. Uh, I got to sit next to the great John Chapman, and we had some fun conversations as we were interacting and, and watching training camp. And there was a lot to be seen and a lot that needs to be talked about. And I've seen some of the things that are going around already. And I'm not over the top one way. I'm not over the top the other way. I'm pretty much just going to tell you how I saw it. And I think this has been par for the course for 49ers training camp over the last several years as the defense starts out strong. And then the offense has to kind of step up. And that is the case. They're going through their install uh, today they are working on adjusting from base 4-3 to handling two tight ends in coverage, how that was going to look. Uh, they ran a little bit of play action, but really not a lot to go you know, in that category. Uh, and what's up, Josh? How's it going? What's up to SG and Teddy? How's it going? So when you're talking about offense right now, it's pretty predictable as far as what the 49ers are running. The defense definitely understands. They're not doing move the ball yet. So uh, down in distance, they did show it, uh, but Kyle Shanahan was more going through the standard run the football on first down, throw on second down, or pass on first, run on second. It was pretty consistent that his play calling was more vanilla, but what we saw was them attack certain sort of things. Uh, they were attacking zones, attacking areas, looking for these quarterbacks to force footballs into tight windows and see if the wide receivers not only could get a route uh, you know, run the route to get open, but also that the quarterback could stick it in there. Were there mistakes by the quarterbacks? Absolutely. Uh, the quarterbacks, all all four of them, made some sort of mistake when they were out there playing. I think that's pretty consistent with any football, especially this early in the season, that you're going through your reads. It's not always going to work out for you. As the offense progresses during the training camp sessions, you will see this offense start executing at a higher level. It's consistent with pretty much any level of football. You walk out there the first day, don't matter if it's high school, college, uh, NFL, and the defense has an advantage because they are reactionary. The offense has to go ahead and catch up, but when they do, then it gets more competitive. But I thought overall that there was some highlighted moments and players that really showed up, and I think that's what you're really looking for. I took time once again and tried to watch each of the individual drills as these players were going through, and I picked out certain players to put a focus on, so that way I could just kind of go over how they look and, and what they're doing. And I know that there's a lot of conversation about the quarterback position, so I will definitely talk about my thoughts on each of the quarterbacks because I think it's important to talk about them, even though I don't think it's the most important uh, for the 49ers as far as right now with this offense and how you know they're they're reacting to each other. I don't think it's you know a headline that has to be, oh, this guy played good, this guy played bad. I, I thought what I liked to see was there were some really good moments and then some moments you're like, oop, don't do that again. 
But as a coach, you want them to make those mistakes in practice so you can fix them. And on the other side, it's good defensive play, right? So for someone like Kyle Shannon, who's calling the plays, he wants the play to work out right. But in the same category, he's just like, oh, well, as long as the defense is playing good, you've got to be happy on both sides. So let's start with a conversation that everyone wants to have, and that is Brock Purdy returns to training camp. It was exciting. There was definitely a little bit of a sizzle in the crowd uh, when Brock Purdy was out there throwing the football. And everyone's main focus from everyone that I talked to there and just listening to some of the conversations was how is Brock Purdy's ball going to look? And he was out there doing some long toss and we were counting the yards. You know, how far is that football? How far is it going? But the real question was what's going to happen when he has to absolutely zip one in between two defenders and coverage. And we got our answer. Brock Purdy is able to get that zip and throw a nice football in there between defenders and complete passes. And I, I thought that was a good sign. Also saw him throw an out pattern from the hash mark all the way to the outside in rhythm and in time and lead his receiver. So there were those types of throws that you know are going to engage his elbow, engage his arms, engage his hips, and he's going to have to make those throws. And he did it pretty well. And so I think in that area, it's an encouraging moment for the 49ers. It feels like, yes, Brock Purdy is healthy as far as arm strength and where his elbow is. There needs to be consistency, of course, with this offense. Brock Purdy feeling comfortable within the offense uh, to take advantage of what he sees. But I think today definitely was a defensive win. So let's see how this progresses. Brock Purdy will throw tomorrow, and then he will more than likely uh, throw Saturday, even though they're not supposed to have practice. He's going to have Saturday throwing session because of his schedule. That means he probably won't practice on Sunday, and then he'll return on Monday to throw again for Monday and Tuesday. So Brock Purdy's rotation of how he's going to be uh, used is, is set in stone, but I think we're optimistic about where Brock Purdy's headed. Now, did he throw an interception? Yes. And was it a good look? No. Uh, he definitely did not see Tashawn Gibson come underneath the route and make the play. It was a great play by Gibson and a miss in coverage from Brock Purdy. Day one for him, not really concerned about it. I'm not really concerned about you know some of the other throws I've seen him miss either because he was taking shots downfield. He was trying to fit balls in over the middle. Uh, he was taking shots to the sideline. I thought he was going through an array of different throws, and I felt like Kyle Shanahan was really trying to get him involved, letting him throw the ball. I think someone reported 17 times. I think that's a significant amount of throws that he had during practice. So overall, I thought Brock Purdy was uh, encouraging because of how the ball looked coming out of his hands. Did he have some mistakes? Yes, uh, but I think those are expected, and this is a time of year we've talked about in the past. You know, it was two years ago they were talking Jimmy Garoppolo looks terrible. Uh, last year was Trey Lance is really struggling. And I think it's just par for the course that we're hearing that either one or all quarterbacks are struggling this year. That's just kind of how it's going. Uh, BV, how's it going? Says, and good to see you. How has Hargrave looked? Well, Hargrave has looked pretty good. Uh, Javon Hargrave was definitely putting pressure on in 11 on 11 drills. It's hard to gauge how good uh, this defensive line is going to be early on in training camp because the offensive line isn't wearing any pads. And of course, 
you're looking at these defensive linemen and they should win these battles when they're going against offensive linemen. There's nothing to grab. Uh, there's the offensive linemen are just using their hands. They're not able to use a lot of their body and you're just blocking it different right now. But watching Hargrave through the drills, he is as advertised. He stays low. He uses violent hands. He has heavy hands. Uh, you can definitely see the technique work is there. He He's going to be fantastic for this 49ers defense. And I think that that's going to help the interior defensive line a lot because him and Armstead are setting uh, the tone for how this defensive line is going to play. And you see the guys behind him, Ken Long, Kevin Givens, Leah Davis, uh, taking on their type of work ethic. And you're seeing it every single snap when these guys are working together. It does really look good. So Hargrave looks great. When it comes to Trey Lance, I thought Trey Lance overall uh, had another consistent day of practice. I, I'm looking at the, his command, uh, some of the throws he made, one time scrambled outside the pocket. You know, I mean, the, he he's doing a pretty good job. He was throwing on the run. So to me, I thought it was a, another positive day for Trey Lance, even though he did not have as good a day as he had in day one. I felt like in day two, he was still showing some consistency and showing the same sort of mannerisms mannerisms uh, as a person and how he was going to handle certain situations that arose in the football field. So to me, Trey Lance was still you know doing the things he needed to do. And one thing that was very noticeable about Trey Lance was how quickly he was throwing to his first read. So he would drop back, foot would hit, and if the first read was there, he didn't wait looking for something more. It was first read, go, throw it. And I thought that was a, a nice... Uh, you know, kind of change for Trey Lance that I've seen over the last couple of years is just him going to that first read, no matter what, no matter if it's underneath, uh, no matter if it's not going to be a big gainer. He did not pass up on it to go look for something else. And I thought that was a really solid uh, day for Trey Lance. As far as Sam Darnold, I think overall throwing the football, Darnold had the best day. Uh, of course, he's working against the twos. So, you know, he's not going against DeAndre Lenore very much or, uh, you know, Charvarius Ward or Isaiah Oliver. So, yeah, he, he had some open receivers. He threw a really beautiful pass uh, to the sideline to Debo Samuel. It was about uh, 13 to 15 yards down the field. I thought it was a great look. Got him the ball where he could get his feet down. That was a great throw. Uh, Sam Darnold looked pretty good for the most part. I thought today was the time where you took notice of Sam Darnold, where yesterday he kind of blended in behind Trey. Today, early on, same sort of thing. He was blending in behind Brock and Trey. I thought today was the first day that you're like, hey, there's Sam Darnold, and that's a pretty impressive throw that shows the ability that he has. So I think that is really good uh, to, to see from Sam Darnold. Even though a lot of people aren't high on Darnold, I'm very high on all three of these guys playing well because that means depth at the quarterback position, and that's ultimately what every single 49er fan wants is depth because if you have those guys that can step in at any moment and make big time plays for the 49ers, that's what you need after what happened last season. And what's up, Mr. Corey, how's it going? Uh, when it comes to Brandon Allen, you know, Brandon Allen got more snaps today than he got yesterday. And yesterday was a real struggle for him in day one of training camp. But in day two, he found a little rhythm, found a little consistency and completed some passes. Uh, you can definitely tell the difference when Brandon Allen's in compared to you know Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. Their physical traits are on display. But you can tell that 
there's something to Brandon Allen as far as he definitely understands the offense, where he's supposed to go with the football. He feels in command. So I think he's a very valuable number four quarterback. What he ends up being on this 49ers in 2023, I think is to be determined. Will he be a third string quarterback because the 49ers decide to move someone? Will he be a practice squad quarterback? I think that would be a tough sell for the 49ers because I think Brandon Allen could be a backup quarterback in this league. So I think the 49ers are going to end up having to make a decision in the quarterback room, but at least we've got four guys that are coming out there and competing at a really high level. And we're seeing, you know, some positives from each one of them. Yeah. There's some negatives as well, uh, but there's definitely some positives and this is early in camp. It's early in install and they're going to have a lot of work to do. Let's see what happens when we get to practices five, six, and seven, when the 49ers are in pads and see how much that changes. Number one, more of the offense will be in. Number two, the quarterbacks will have the threat of a play-action run game. And number three, you're going to have an offensive line that's actually able to try to block the defensive line. I'm not going to say they're going to block them because that defensive line is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, that's kind of the thought, right? Uh, that That's the thought of, of what it could be. And thanks so much, uh, DJ, for saying you appreciate me. I appreciate... All of you that are here uh, right now listening, I, I appreciate all of you. And uh, just talking fun 49ers, and I think that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, so let's talk wide receivers because these quarterbacks have to have guys to throw to. And there's a couple of things I picked up on. Number one, Brandon Ayuk is still freaking Brandon Ayuk. The guy is, he's impressive. The throws that were coming to him in tight windows that he was uh, catching were spectacular. He goes up in the air and snags balls. It's actually becomes a shock now when Brandon Ayuk drops a contested pass. So I think Ayuk is continuing that thought process of ascending. He's very aggressive uh, with the way he goes about attacking his craft and attacking the defense. So Brandon Ayuk is setting the tone for the wide receiver room. You could see it when Ayuk made a big spectacular catch. Debo was off. Uh, Debo had ran an underneath route. He was pumped and fired up. Those two guys are working together this year, especially to try to elevate this wide receiver room. So Ayuk has been a shining spot. And I think Debo has looked a lot better too. When he talked about losing a little bit of weight and that helping him run crisper routes, he's not lying. That throw that Sam Darnold made on the 15 yard out to the sideline Debo Samuel made a great cut to create separation and was able to go up the, with a goal for the ball, kind of contort his body and still get two feet in. I thought it was a solid catch for Debo Samuel. And I think it's going to, you know, kind of show what he can do. And also he did get behind the defense. He had a safety trying to get over the top, but he beat the safety and Charverius Ward for a deep play down the sideline. It was incomplete. Brock overthrew him. But it was a great look overall, a nice release. He got a lot of space. He stacked it, uh, stacked the route, and then he was able to get open. So I thought D-balls looked pretty good. Uh, there was question marks about Jawan Jennings. I know people have been talking about him potentially being on the trade block. I don't see it. Number one, he's one of the best blockers at the wide receiver position in the entire NFL. But also, he did like he did today, over the middle, catching a contested catch. Uh, it was a really nice play. He went to the ground on the play. Uh, to me, he looked solid. He was running good routes. They even tried to go vertical against Jawan. 
Danny Gray, I thought, continued to look good today. Uh, could have had a great catch over the middle, uh, but uh, ended up he was holding the ball away from him for so long. The defenders finally got it away. But uh, to me, Danny Gray can consistently continued his process of getting better, and I think he's going to look better and better. And they were putting him out with the ones. There was no problems with him knowing where to line up. And then as far as special teams, he's by far the best gunner the 49ers have. You can see the elite quickness, uh, the elite ability to use his hands. He, he's he's that guy, and we'll see how he you know continues to prevent, uh, progress on special teams. Uh, but I like him a lot. And a couple other guys that made a couple plays, Ray Ray McLeod and Chris Conley both had catches today. Both turned him up the sideline. Ray Ray would have gotten a lot more yardage, but a lot of people have been asking about Chris Conley. He had a couple of opportunities to catch the ball, and he did pretty good on those opportunities. And then someone who I don't know if anyone's talking about, and he didn't have a single catch today, but I was watching his routes because I am just interested to see how he was operating, was Isaiah Winstead. And Winstead did a really good job of creating separation. There were a couple of times the ball went somewhere else, so he's probably not the primary target, but he did get open. And those types of things are going to get noticed by coaches. They're going to say, hey, look at Winstead working so hard on the opposite side of the field, even when he's on the backside of the progression, and maybe he'll get some opportunities where he creates that separation, the ball actually comes to him. So I thought he had a really good day in the wide receiver room. And I think that's something that, you know, the 49ers are going to continue to build on is some of these young players. And Winstead really needs an opportunity uh, because, you know, guys ahead of him like Tay Martin are trying to make sure that they get on the roster. And all the while Isaiah Winstead is trying to secure at least a practice squad spot. And David V, thanks so much. Uh, for being a member for 22 months. Really appreciate it. It says, hashtag TCC, let's go Niners. Uh, love it. Uh, so Josh is asking about CMC. Uh, CMC looked really good. He got a couple of pitches to the outside. He was pressing those things to the outside and then making that cut back, back towards the inside. But he looks fresh. He looks healthy. Uh, when he was asked, it, he did most of his work in early 11 on 11s before he ended up you know, kind of sitting out and they went, they did some reps for Elijah Mitchell and some of the other running backs, but Christian McCaffrey definitely looks good. He looks comfortable. I, I don't think there's anything holding this guy back. He looks like he hasn't missed a beat from the end of last season. At BB 50 asked about uh, Jake Moody and yeah, Jake Moody was kicking today. Uh, he did a really good job. He was very accurate making everything I seen him kick. And he just looked very comfortable. No matter the distance, he was kicking it way up and through. When they were kicking 35-yard field goals, uh, he, he would have been good from 45 or 50. The distance on those balls that he was kicking, he's got an absolute leg. Uh, so it was good to see. He felt he definitely looked comfortable. Uh, Mitch Wisnowski returned to practice. He's been cleared. So he was doing the holding. And even Zane Gonzalez looked better with Mitch Wisnowski doing the holding. So I think that's good news for the 49ers. And Moody looks like that guy. But he's going to have to consistently be able to do it. And he's going to have to do it right playing against another team. But overall, I thought Jake Moody was definitely somebody that stood out in this practice and did pretty well. As far as our young tight ends, uh, Willis and Latu. Willis had you know, a few catches on the day. I thought he looked pretty comfortable. There was a couple other near misses where he could add catches, but the ball was a little bit out of his reach. Same with Cameron Latu. He had a couple of uh, opportunities 
Uh, one of them way out of his reach, not really able to make the play. Uh, Latu did jump off sides, but hey, that happens in football. So I wasn't real worried about that. But it seems like they at least know where to line up. We did see a couple of situations. I know I saw it for sure where Braden Willis released uh, to go run a route, and it was a run play. So these guys definitely aren't out of the learning process, and that's why it's so important for the 49ers to continue going through their install because those types of things are important for these young players to learn, and those are great teaching lessons where now you can put on the film and say, hey, Braden, what you doing on this play? This is this play. This is what you're supposed to do. Obviously, it was probably just you know, a, a problem with him just remembering, uh, but that'll be something that he'll continue to work on. I think it'll be really good in the long run. So I thought both of those guys, they look good. I think they've got more work to do, of course, uh, but it's not like we're seeing a ton from Dwelly and Warner right now. Who's going to step up and get those tight end two and three spot? I think it's going to be interesting over the end of training camp because there's still a lot to learn. And I think Willis and Latu are going to continue to develop. And let's see what happens when they get the pads on. They get to block in line or even be a move tight in and, and potentially go help uh, you know, kick out a defensive end. I want to see if they can get movement at the point of attack. I somewhat expect Braden Willis to do it, but I want to see how Cameron Latu looks on the, the in the same situation. So I've been really excited about uh, that. And Shane says, what's up, TCC? Been a minute. Always a trusted podcast for true content. How does... Uh, Jalen or Jair Brown look from OTAs till now two days in. I think Jair Brown looks big. Uh, he he just looks like a big physical force, and he's definitely learning the position. They were fooling around with him playing a little bit of nickel, so they had some situations where he was in there as a a big nickel, and he looks like he's fitting in nice. He was going through his run fits. There's definitely a transition uh, from him to have to you know, do the things that, that he needs to do. But uh, to me, Jair Brown's translating in the right direction. And I think at some point during the season, he'll kind of hit his stride. Uh, I don't know if he can crack the starting lineup this year because Gibson and Hufanga look so good together and play, are both playing so well. But I think that Jair Brown is definitely positioning himself for next year to step in next to Talano Ufonga. So I've been impressed with him. I think he's going to do a lot for the 49ers on special teams. And I think he'll have some moments where he can help the 49ers big team. So uh, thank you so much, BB50, for joining the Cutback crew. Uh, really appreciate you as a member. Um, and 49ers faithful for us is what is what what is this I'm hearing about Mason giving Brown a little hit? Yeah, exactly. It happened. Uh, so Jordan Mason has a tendency to run full speed and he just never stops. He will run through every single arm tackle, especially when they're not in pads. He just continues to run. And when he does, uh, sometimes guys, you know, get in his way. Well, there was one play. It was going to the left side. It was a outside toss play. And Jordan Mason got vertical, and really he should have stopped because everyone was kind of grabbing him, and he did not stop. And what happened was he ran full speed into Jair Brown, and yeah, it was like a little bit of movement from Jair Brown. That's two big dudes hitting each other. And I, I turned to uh, John, and I said, I, said, I want to see those guys in full pads go head up. Uh, that's definitely what I want to see from those guys. So I'm excited about Jair Brown and how physical he's going to get with Jordan Mason. And thanks so much for the super chat, 40 Yards Faithful Mom. 
Uh, says, thank you for the 49ers training camp update. It's refreshing to listen to someone who truly understands the game. 49ers cutback is my number one go-to for 49ers content. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, 49ers faithful mom. I really appreciate that. Um, and Josh, I will not be able to go to Pittsburgh for Chapman's rush week, uh, week one. I, with my work schedule, I'm just not able to get there, but I'm sure that's going to be a blast. I wish I could make it out there. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, so another running back I wanted to talk about is, I know we talked about CMC a little bit, was Kalen Laburn or yeah, Kalen Laburn. I thought uh, Laburn really showed out today. I know a lot of people were talking about him yesterday and I thought, you know, he did pretty good. I thought today he kind of it increased uh, his abilities. I thought he looked good again today. Um, I think it's still going to be tough for him, but he caught the ball in the backfield. He was making uh, decisive runs in the middle. Today was the best vision day, I thought, for Kalen Labor. And so I think he's in the mix. Let's see how that translates when they get into pads. A lot of times these creases that we think are there and you see the guy come squeezing out are not really there because defenders really would have grabbed them or would have stopped them. And these running backs are able to go through uh, untouched because, you know, hey, they're not in pads and they're taught to kind of just avoid those guys. So um, that's it. Uh, D-line, Hargrave is a beast. We went over that. Uh, another fact, Kinlaw looked really healthy. Uh, Javon Kinlaw looks healthy. Uh, I watched him doing his pad work, and he was staying nice and low. He, his hips were good as he was throwing them through. Uh, overall, I think he looks healthy. He's tracking the ball down the line of scrimmage. That's good news for Kinlaw. Uh, so I think those things are really good. And I think I did miss a question from Mr. Corey. He says, what does McKivitz look like? Um, McKivitz looks pretty good, but with Colton McKivitz, um, you know, right now you can't really tell because they're not in pads. Uh, so, I mean, he looks good in his technique work. He looks good in those sort of things. Uh, holding his ground pretty good against defenders, but we'll see what happens when they get in pads and he has to, he's going against Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, Kerry Hyder. Like that's when we'll get a really good idea of where he's at. And mainly in the run game, is he going to be able to get a push at the point of attack? If he can, uh, then I think we're very optimistic about Colt McKivitz throughout the season. And that was one thing I noticed was Farrell, uh, Cleveland Farrell and Drake, they both look good. They look consistent. Handwork is good. Heavy hands both set the edge pretty good today. Once again, not in pads. We'll see how that translates. But just doing the little things right now, uh, they, they look solid. Uh, I haven't seen either one of them look explosive yet but they look good. Austin Bryant, on the other hand, has had some explosive plays where he gets a, across the line of scrimmage pretty quick. So I want to see how that continues to translate and whether he can be one of those guys that can make a huge impact for the 49ers off the edge. But, you know, we're going to find out a lot over the next several days. Sunday, Monday, probably Monday, Tuesday are going to be the most important days. We start seeing these guys in pads and how exactly... Uh, they handle 11-on-11s. We get into move the move the ball drills. We get into red zone offense and defense. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. On the interior defensive line, we talked about Hargrave. We know Armstead spectacular. But another guy that kind of made some made some uh, points in my book was Kalia Davis. Uh, purposely watched Kalia Davis on some of his 11-on-11 work, but also during his skills and his drills. And I thought that he had pretty good hand placement. There's one play in 11-on-11s where uh, Ty, Ty McGill, or T.Y. McGill, and Leah Davis did a little uh, move on the inside. And McGill got off the ball faster than Davis, but they ended up getting 
touches surge on the interior. Uh, they forced Sam Darnold to make a errant throw. And I thought that that was good work from Kalia Davis. So optimistic about him and what he could end up doing uh, for this 49ers team. As far as uh, linebackers go, uh, Dre and Fred were doing Dre and Fred things, just flying around, making it tough for everybody. Uh, Dre coming in the backfield and blowing up McCaffrey for a five-yard loss, uh, covering running backs out of the backfield and just absolutely locking them up. Dre Greenlaw looks on the top of his game. Fred looks on the top of his game right now. Oren Burks had a couple of missed coverages, uh, but in the run game, he was good. There was one play where uh, Elijah Mitchell went to cut back, and it looked like there was going to be a nice hole for him to be able to cut against the grain, and Oren Burks was sitting in the cutback lane ready to stop him. So I thought Burks looked pretty good in run fits, and I was excited about that. And then a little note, McCrary Ball had a couple of good coverage plays where he knocked the ball away of, of players out in the flat. So McCrary Ball showing up and, and making a couple of things happen, and he's been playing some Will linebacker for the 49ers right now. Uh, Big Daddy 49ers says, do you think Bosa will be back for practice before they travel to uh, Tra Trader City, Las Vegas? I'm not sure. You know, I, I think it is going to be interesting to find out, you know, when he comes back. I think the 49ers would like it to happen uh, sooner rather than later, but we just don't know. You know, we just don't know when Bosa is going to come back. They're going to have to work out all the language on the deal. And, you know, really, he doesn't need to be back for those practices I think when we start to get to like the second preseason game, I think that's when it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, about him as, oh yeah, he's going to, you know, once we get to that, it was like, we need him to start coming back to prepare for the beginning of the year. Mainly you just want him in the room. Uh, but I think at some point Bosa comes back, but I don't know the timeline. It all depends on hey if they figured out the number uh, then the rest is just figuring out guaranteed money incentives, how the contract is structured. And I don't know exactly where that's at, my guess would be they want it to happen sooner than later, but I think we're talking a week. Uh, you know, if it goes a little bit farther than that, then, you know, we could start getting a little nervous, but as long as he's ready to go, you know, about seven days, you know, you know, before the, the beginning of the, the game, I think we'll be okay, you know, with him being around. And uh, I just want Bosa back on the field, but really right now we don't actually need him uh, practicing. So I think it'll be all good. So let's talk a little bit about the 49ers secondary because the secondary was getting a lot of attention. Uh, we talked about Deshaun Gibson. He had the interception of Brock Purdy. But what you don't see is all the communication that he gives. There was one time today there was a motion and Talanu Ufonga was supposed to adjust up from the deep safety. He was supposed to come downhill uh, and come into the box. He wasn't doing it. Gibson turned, yelled at him. Ufonga went up. Gibson came back. It was a, a great movement. You know, it's... Uh, just adjusting your position. And that's with having two guys like that, you can really, you know, go through your flexibility uh, and versatility of playing either safety in whatever manner. You don't really have a strong and a and a free safety anymore. You just have two safeties. And I thought that was a very cool thing to see Gibson just take the reins and say, you know what? We're not going to have a problem in the secondary. We're going to make sure we get lined up right. So Gibson's been adding those veteran-type leadership things uh, and working with Hufong and helping get everyone lined up. And I think having that veteran presence is much needed after losing Jimmy Ward. So it doesn't put all the pressure on Hufonga in his third season, but Gibson can take it on being a 10-plus year vet in the league. And then with Diameter Lenore, he just looks more confident to me. 
Everything he does is with confidence. Uh, whether he's coming up to stop the run, he's in press man coverage, he's playing zone. Everything he does, he looks more confident than I've ever seen him. And he looks different in his number two jersey as well. But optimistic about Lenore and, and what he's going to be able to do, especially when you get in pads and he's able to get more physical and get his hands on some people. Uh, with Sam Womack, Womack was flying around. He should have had you know, a couple of interceptions. He did not. Uh, he almost intercepted Kyle Shanahan on several occasions, but everyone does. Uh, but I think Womack's been looking good, so I'm encouraged by him. And then I'm liking Oliver in run fits. Uh, we knew it was going to be something he was going to be able to do well for the 49ers, and he does it very high level. He always just comes in. He knows the exact spot to be. He fills the, the whatever gap he's supposed to, whether that is a, a C gap. Uh, he just comes in and fills it up. Every once in a while, there's a wing. It's a D gap. He handles his business at a high level, and he just looks like a veteran who understands his job responsibilities, and that's nice because Fred and Tashawn Gibson are barking out orders, and when you have a guy that understands what he's supposed to do, it just makes it a little bit easier. So when that first-team defense is out there, they're communicating at a high level. There's no moments where they look discombobulated. It's like everyone understands their role, and they do it at a high level. When you start seeing some of the offensive success, it's against the second and third team. When you start having middle linebackers like Demetrius Flanagan Fowles or Curtis Robinson, and then they're trying to put guys in, in different areas, and you have young players trying to step up, and that's when you're kind of getting some of the mistakes. So that communication's got a filter, but I think it's it's good that they get to see it on film and see how the first unit does it. So to me, overall practice was very solid. I thought both you know both sides of the ball continue to you know work in the, in the right manner and continue to get better. I'm sure tomorrow's practice will be better than today's, and I'm sure Sunday's practice will be better in all areas. The offense will get better, the defense will get better as they progress through learning their basic drills going through their install on offense and defense, which includes formations, plays, and coverages for the defense. And I think you'll just see that, you know, that maturation process for everyone. And then I think that at some point, we're going to hear really good things about all the quarterbacks. They're all going to have good days because things are going to start opening up. But, you know, today was a little bit of a tough one for them, but that's okay. Oh, uh, what's up? BV says props to the NFL for scheduling 49ers versus Raiders to start the year. Any thoughts on Jimmy G? Uh, I think when it comes to Jimmy G, it, he's, it's going to be fun to see him uh, do the inter-squad practices against the, or sorry, the joint practices versus the 49ers. I don't expect him to actually play in the first preseason game. So I think that's where we're going to probably hear more about Jimmy G. I don't know how much we'll actually see Jimmy G in that first preseason game against the 49ers. But my guess, he plays in the practices, doesn't play in the game. And I think that could probably be said for Brock Purdy as well. Uh, Brad Jones says, yes, it, I'm awake this time for the live stream. May I say what's up? I missed the start of the stream. Can I get a quick recap from today, please? And thank you. So here it is. Here's a quick recap. Uh, Brock Purdy. So here it is. Here's a quick recap. Uh, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, uh, were all out there and had moments where they looked really good moments where they struggled. The defense really excelled from pass rush, the secondary and coverage linebackers look good against the run and against the pass. It was definitely a defensive strong day, but that's what's expected from the 49ers during early parts of training camp. And then I think when it comes to the offense, they're going to figure this thing out. 
but there has been bright spots on the offense. Brandon Ayuk continues to shine. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell both look like they're going to be uh, big-time players for this 49ers offense again. And we're just seeing a nice, healthy Debo. George Kittle looks good. And then there's just question marks. Who's going to be tied in two? Who's going to be tied in three? And then who's going to end up filling out the wide receiver room? But, yeah, the team looks stacked. They look ready to go. The offensive line looks comfortable playing together. Uh, so I, I think that these guys are going to be uh, solid and ready to go. And I'm excited about where the direction of this team is going. I think that, you know, we'll learn a lot in the next week or so about, you know, some of the players that they've added, especially some of the young guys. But I think this roster will start to take shape as they head into those joint practices with the Raiders on the 10th and 11th. Uh, and once those happen, we'll you know even more. But it's going to be a fun preseason. If you guys enjoy watching depth play in the preseason, this is the year for you because the four yards are going to have to play a lot of these guys. They're going to have to learn a lot from those uh, opportunities to see them on the field and get those snaps. So uh, I think it's going to be tough cuts for the 49ers when those cuts come, but you can definitely see who's who. And I think it's just going to play out on the field. So really excited about the 49ers direction. It's nice to have football back and to talk actual football about what's going on on the field. Uh, so I think that, you know, I'm really excited about where, you know, the season coming up. And I'm excited about more content coming your way. So I'll be talking about day three at training camp tomorrow. So make sure you guys all join me for that. Thanks, everyone, for coming through. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.